Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We all have been in the situation where we are sweating it out, hoping Santa's elves get our packages here on time. Worry no more. Our friends at Seattle Shirt Company have all of us in mind. They have an excellent selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. And they are doing their part in keeping their staff employed during these tough times. Please do yours in supporting local businesses. Not only is shipping free on everything, but this week only, for all of our customers, we have an amazing promotion. 50% off all Seahawks merchandise. Seattle Shirt Company have it all. Hats, jerseys, hoodies, and more. All the stars from yesterday to today are included. From LeBron James back to Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Walter Payton, Mike Ditka, Deion Sanders, Jerry Rice, and many more. Have you seen the latest Seattle Kraken NHL gear? Just head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code BELIEVE, that's capital B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for 50% off all Seahawks merchandise. Shipping is always free. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. It was neat to see you play, and it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy and you played with passion. And I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, you know, I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. I think there were a lot of kids who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level, I can play at this level. Welcome to today's episode of The ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, and SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. Conversations with experts in the world of sports could be coaches, players, front office, broadcasters. Today's a tremendous high school coach from just north of Seattle, entering his 34th year at Mount Lake Terrace. Does a really nice job at that school. Nalen Sood. Nalen, how is life now that there's a little bit of a path to a season in the state of Washington, although you still haven't been able to teach? or coach your players in person yet? Yeah, you know, I, I keep thinking about when I go home in the afternoon and I get to actually see what the weather's like and the pattern for weather between three and five o'clock. I've never been able to do that in the past, probably, I don't know, 45 years or at least 34 while I've been at the high school level um, because uh, I've always been in the gym during that time. And uh, yesterday my wife and I went for a walk at 4.30 and I said, geez, you know, it gets quick. So It gets dark so quickly around this time. And she goes, You've never known that before because you've been in the gym. So like everybody else, it's just different. It's unique. Um, when, you, when you follow a pattern for such a long time, things become a little bit strange and different. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting through this. It's not easy. Um, I'm in my classroom. I'm teaching remotely uh, every day. But I come into my classroom because uh, it just works better for me here. Um, my, my level of focus, my uh, 
uh, this is my my job here. Home is home, work is work. But I drive to work every day and, and uh, I'm inspired to come to work. I mean that sincerely. I look forward to it. The best part of my day right now, this is the best part of my day, but usually uh, 9 to 12 o'clock working with the kids. None of these kids chose this. None of them wished this on themselves or their classmates. And uh, and I feel for the kids. And, and that motivates me to come do the best job I can. Um, you know, I'm in my classroom. It's a computer lab. I'm looking out at 30 empty computers right now. And it's sobering. And um, I realized I never want to be a data processor. I never want to be just working in an office just, you know, by myself. I miss the human interaction. I miss the, the energy the kids give you. There's ups and downs with it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, for what I have left in my career, there'll be very few days I take for granted uh, being back with the kids, being back with my colleagues. Because um, right now, this this isn't my cup of tea by any means. It is what it is. And hopefully we'll get through it, as you just said earlier. But uh, not not to have that energy of the classroom, not to be in the gym with the kids, the ups and downs, the life experiences that you know from your time as a high school player and college player. This this is a challenge. But uh, I, I admire how the kids are getting through this. I, I really give them a lot of credit. And more so than any textbook or any lesson, they're learning the life skill about dealing with adversity. And, uh, and, and for the most part, the kids I'm working with, they're, they're doing a great job handling this. And that motivates me to come be the best I can as a teacher every day remotely. I think resiliency is something that uh, coaches and teachers can really do a nice job of teaching student athletes at this time at the high school and or college level because of everything that they've gone through. How have you stayed connected with your team? Because as mentioned, you've been a part of a team. You've been a head coach at the varsity level for uh, a long time. And that's such a big part of your life and giving back to the game and, and giving, you know, guidance and mentorship to these kids. How have you stayed connected with your team? Right. Great question. And uh, it's, it's funny because I think of the multiple teams I'm involved with, the multiple teams you're involved with. You know, you've got your team with Scorebook Live and your other interests. And I have... WIPCA, the National Association, my colleagues at school, but also the Terrace basketball kids. And that's, that's really what I miss the most. That's who I am. Um, that's, I, was a, I was a young Mount Lake Terrace uh, aspiring Hawk player at one time. And you know, now to sit in the seat as a head coach, it's, it's a dream of a lifetime. But I'm doing most of it electronically, um, whether it's uh, through Zoom, whether it's through emails, um, that type of thing. Um, uh, that that's the best way I can do it. I'm I'm following our district and uh, the, the state protocols on what we can and can't do. But uh, um, I'm staying in touch with the kids individually via Zoom. Then we do team Zooms. We do everybody that's interested in the program Zooms occasionally. But I send out a, a monthly email to the kids, and we cover a lot of things. We cover updates on workouts that they've been doing, new workouts that they can do in a safe and healthy environment. We update. Uh, academically, what we expect from them. And then there's just some words of advice here. And the words of advice is the easiest thing to do because it's basically the, the lecture I have to give myself each day to stay positive, to stay uh, committed, uh, to use this as a something that we can come out being benefit, uh, beneficial from. And so um, I put that in an email. We have an academic advisor here that oversees our basketball kids. Uh, last year, our kids won the two-way academic state championship, and it was a credit to the kids and our academic advisor. She put something in there. So hopefully it's words of wisdom that uh, the kids can adhere to to help them through this, because that's our role. That's our role as mentors. That's our role as advisors, coaches, teachers. Um, you and I are both in the positions we're in because we had the right people doing that for us. And now the challenge is, can we do that 
it may be the most difficult time these kids have ever seen, short of personal issues they may be dealing with um, this pandemic. And uh, there's no real perfect way of doing it. Uh, the the um, binder or the um, blueprint from 1918, the last pandemic, really doesn't kick in and work very well right now. So we're learning as we go. And, uh, and now I, I personally believe, Dan, and you probably agree there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get there. We just got to stay the course and do the right things. And, uh, and we got to keep the kids optimistic because if they don't have hope, they don't have anything. And um, so, you know, that, that's how I'm staying in touch with them. But I have no problem driving home, thinking about a kid and just giving them a call and just saying, what's going on? And trying not to make it too much about what are you doing basketball-wise. I want them to do basketball stuff to clear their head to, for the, just the, the, the purity, the, the youthful exuberance of hooping, uh, the fun of it, not, I got to check this off because co coach said it. Because right now, as everybody will attest to, we're worried about the social and emotional health of kids. And I don't want this to be something that uh, is a sheer drudgery for the kids and coaches mandating this or that. I'm more concerned about their mental health and if going out and shooting and, and finding that re relaxation and just putting some shots up is, is good for them, then that's great. But we also give them other opportunities to go expand their game physically, uh, um, athletically, uh, cardio-wise. We're, we're trying to cover all that. But, you know, we can't just say, hey, go to the health club, go to the local gym, some of those things that maybe some others can do. And I'm not questioning it, but we just we can't do that right now. And uh, as we've gotten more and more of the mandates that have come down, we have to be limited. But that doesn't mean we can't be short of ideas and thoughts on what we can do to give these kids opportunities to get better. Yeah, I've heard from a number of other high school coaches throughout the country, but in particular in the Northwest that are doing similar things as what you've mentioned and staying in touch with your team and not talking basketball, but talking life because they're going through something that uh, hopefully they and our society doesn't have to ever go through again. Uh, and it typically it happens every 100, 200 years or whatever it might be. Um, and unfortunately, we're in the thick of it right now. You made the comment on a question that was asked earlier that you now kind of get out and you can see the sunset going down in the Seattle area, which is, is amazing if no one's ever been uh, to the Puget Sound area. What was that like? Because I'm the same way. I would be in a gym. I'd come out in complete darkness. And I don't, I don't want to try to be poetic and asking a question, but what is that like knowing that, hey, I've missed this for the last however many years, uh, but you chose it because you knew you wanted to be a coach? There's nothing more I want to do than not see the sunset and be in a gym right now. <laughs> Let me be honest with you about that. Um, but you got to try to find some positives. And the positive has been that I've been able to do that, that I've just been able to get outside and so to, you know, so to speak, smell the fresh air, but also tell my kids, yeah, I can pick you up. Yeah, I can take you there. Um, I don't, you, you, you probably agree with this. We don't know too many coaches that have been on their deathbed saying I spent way too much time with my family. And um, I want to keep coaching. This is, this has re-energized me that coaching is my passion. And I, I still think I've got a few good years left in me, but um, I've been able to spend some time with my, my family, my kids. My son's a high school senior and he plays basketball for us. Um, nobody, everybody wants to have a season. Everybody wants to get the kids back. I've got a little bit more incentive because of Robbie and his teammates. Uh, you know, I, every year is important, but when you have a son that's a senior, you want to see him get something out of that. But to be there and spend the time with the family, 
for me to sit here and say, woe is me, woe is us, somebody has it worse. My wife works in a hospital um, and she sees, you know, the challenges people that are dealing, the, the challenges people face that either they're in the hospital for a medical issue or COVID, but they can't even have family members come see them. We're fine. We're okay. We're healthy. Uh, my kids are still getting educated. They're still able to, with some restrictions to do some things. Um, we got to make a positive out of this. And, and uh, you know, just being outdoors, uh, there's, the, there's the exercise part of it, but also it's just good for my head. And uh, I remember re uh, watching a documentary on Bill Gates and Bill Gates would go away for his think time. And he would just have time to go think for a weekend and read like, you know, 10 books or something like that. Some would take me a couple years to do, but uh, it's given me a lot of time to think and reflect and look forward. And like you said, you don't want to get too poetic with it, but uh, that, that's been a, a really good thing for me. And uh, uh, just allowed me to prioritize where I'm at with my life. I'm 51. Um, I'm on the back end of my coaching career, but uh, gave me time to think, is this what I want to keep doing? Um, I'm, I'm, I definitely am fortunate to be doing what I'm doing, but the COVID situation has reminded me how lucky I can be. And I know that uh, there was a book that came out and that was the title of it. Um, uh, Don Meyer wrote that book. If you ever get a chance, read that book. And uh, this has given me, someone said, talked about the great pause that this has given everybody in this great pause. We had a tough loss at state last year at the buzzer. And uh, that sat with me for a while. And that was at the front of my mind on a lot of walks. How lucky can I be? Even when, even with tough seat, you know, tough end like that, to teach, to coach, to be following in the footsteps of my mentors as a teacher and a coach here. Um, I'm doing okay. We, kids are doing okay. But uh, uh, it's, it's just been a great thing to get outside and, and uh, smell the fresh air a little bit. Well, thank you to your wife and your family for her being a, a part of the healthcare system and really trying to, to make a positive impact. Was there a particular person, maybe as a mentor or an experience that drove you to get into coaching? Now, I've always thought about this. And a couple of years ago, I talked about my mentors and I always wanted to be a coach. Uh, I remember when I was eight years old, my mom got me ready for a wedding and her and my dad were getting uh, finished getting dressed. And I took the dining room uh, chair and put it in the living room and I grabbed a, like a coffee mug and I set it down on the night on the uh, uh, table next to me. And I pretended I was Tommy Heinsohn and Tommy just passed away and I wanted to be a coach. But like I would tell anybody, I'm 51. Who didn't want to be a coach that grew up watching the white shadow? <laughs> and I don't know if you're, you're probably a little bit younger, but a little old for me. But... Yeah. Watching the white shadow and Ken Reeves uh, as the, uh, the coach in that show. And he was coaching, uh, a high school basketball team, and I thought, what a, wow, that looks like a great career. You actually get paid to do it. Uh, but uh, as a young Mount Lake Terrace, high, Mount Lake Terrace uh, uh, person and, and uh, in the rec program here, I always looked up to the Mount Lake Terrace High School basketball players and uh, the coach at Mount Lake Terrace High School, Roger Otmar. Uh, I remember he walked into the gym when I was in middle school, and it was just like the gym. And we sat up in our chairs or you tuck your shirt in a little tighter because Coach Otmar was there watching. And, and I'm in the same room right now that he taught in. And he was my mentor. He's turned out uh, from being my mentor to one of my best friends. But, you know, I had a series of them. I had Jim Olson, uh, Keith Kingsbury, who was a longtime coach at Edmond CCP. And uh, during this time to reflect, uh, Coach Olson, he passed away in the spring and Coach Kingsbury passed away in August. Um, you know, it, it hits you pretty hard because they shaped who you were. And uh, I'd have to, those, those three people, I would not be doing what I'm doing. You know, Dan, I know you worked hard for everything. I was a little bit opposite on the spectrum of talent than you were. 
And uh, uh, I, I, they gave me a chance when maybe my game or my pedigree wasn't going to allow it. And uh, if they didn't give me those chances, I wouldn't get the uh, fortunate to be doing what I'm doing and, and talk about how lucky I am. And those guys saw something in me that I did not see in myself. Coach Otmar told me one time when I was in college, I was complaining about how challenging it was. He goes, you know, Nalen, you've never been afraid of hard work. And I thought, wow, you know something about me I don't know. And that was about 30 years ago he said that to me. And, and it's stuck with me ever since then. And so, you know, people like that, um, I, I just hope to be one-tenth of the mentor that they were. Because I know the impact they had on me. And now to honor those guys, I need to do the same thing with our student athletes, our students, my kids at home you know about that. And, uh, and so, you know, it's people like that. And, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about Wipka in a second, but uh, I'll talk about a guy like Pat Fitter. Pat was a guy when I was a young coach, we all looked up to Pat. He's the second winningest coach in the state. I used to see this intensity of Pat, this organization, this knowledge of the game, um, this nervous habit of always pulling his socks up during the game. And uh, I always looked up to Pat. Pat's one of my best friends now. And how many people can say, those people you looked up to, and you, they were your role models, your mentors, that later on in life, they become your closest friends that you talk to them on a regular basis. And uh, if I could have scripted it, I would, have, I would have scripted it like this, you know, maybe there'd be a couple more state championships along the way, but <laughs> it doesn't always go according to plan. But uh, in terms of the relationships that I've been fortunate to have and who shaped, uh, those who shaped me to be who I am right now, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have it at home with my wife, kids, and my 89-year-old dad, but also with uh, my colleagues and those who I work with uh, on a regular basis. And uh, it, you know this as well as anybody. It's all about the relationships. Well, as a young coach, you build that network of, of coaches that you, you trust, you learn from, you can lean on at different points. Um, and as that grew, grew, you became involved with WIBCA. Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association. Uh, you sir, you've served as president for for quite some time. You guys do a, I guess you can explain it better than I can. But essentially, you guys are a really great mentorship program for right. up and coming coaches. You're a resource for coaches, and you provide opportunities to further the game in the state. Yeah, we we definitely do that, and. Um... You know, WIPCA's been around since 1978. Um, I remember the first WIPCA meeting I went to in the early 2000s, and uh, I took some advice from my father. Sit in the back of the room and keep your mouth shut and don't say anything <laughs> that you'll regret. And, uh, and then I, I sat there and I looked at the, the head table, the dais where everybody was at, and saw Bill Bacchemis and Pat Fitter and Tim Kelly and Jerry Coster and uh, Pat and guys like that, and, I, and uh, I always looked up to them. And basically, you know, I wanted to get involved, and it was like, you guys want me to carry the water bottles? I'll carry the water bottles, whatever I need to do. And it's been something that uh, I just had an, uh, an interest in, a passion for. Uh, that started in the early 2000s, and I just slowly ascended up. And uh, Roger DeBoer nominated me for being a, a treasurer uh, many years ago. And that, that got my foot in the door, and I just, I just wanted to work hard for WIPCA because the result and what WIPCA does benefits our most, benefits our most important stakeholder, and that's the student-athlete. And being a former student athlete like yourself, um, whatever we can do to make our game better through events, experiences, opportunities for the kids, and subsequently coaches, it, it's just better for everybody. And uh, right now, more than ever, we're in this together. You know, yeah, we go at it during games, and 
there's always that competition and you know, you know that, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to make the sport better and within our own programs, within the, 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 the overall uh, sport itself, we just want to make it better uh, when we leave it than when we started. And hopefully WIPC is doing that. We're at a critical time right now with COVID and the role of associations. Uh, I got to commend the WIAA though, of how they've handled this. Uh, Mick Hoffman and his staff are doing everything they can. They're advocates for kids getting back in a safe and healthy manner. And we want to do the same thing. And that's just another piece of the puzzle. But, you know, WIPCA has been active, very active. Um, Dan, I'll t I tell people this, during COVID, it's sort of been a test run of retirement. I'm not ready to stop. But WIPCA has allowed me to stay involved with basketball, maybe when I was limited in what I could do with our own kids. But we've been very active still with WIPCA and several things. And during all this COVID, uh, obviously, a major thing we dealt with was the social injustice. And WIPCO was at the forefront of coming up with a plan of action. Uh, we, and it wasn't just, you know, a moment, like our new uh, director of diversity said, it's a movement. And so we were active in that. In fact, uh, our role and what we, we did with that, we shared that nationally with other states in terms of we, we, we were on that right from the get-go. And we just created that position of uh, director of cultural diversity and, and some opportunities for coaches and student athletes to further educate themselves, for WIPCA to bring awareness similar to what colleges and the NBA are doing. Um, and and we, we expanded our board during the uh, COVID situation. So we're still staying active. We're still staying, trying to do a lot here. And um, I think it shows my age that I'm getting more and more interested in the bureaucracy of coaching. I like being in the gym, but I also like, you know, what can we do to make the sport better and to have a partner like the WIA to do that and other sports also, uh, just uh, other sports that the WIA, that the WIA offers, those associations, we work hand in hand with them. So it's been great. And the colleagues, the executive board, WIPC is not about one person. We've got a board of 13 people uh, now and it's unbelievable what they do. And then because WIPC is so rep, uh, respected, We've been able to take a, a lead role at the national level. You know, I was the president for two years for that and, um, and I'm still on the executive board. And so now to be able to collect data and pick up what other states are doing, especially during this time, and share that with the WIA and share that with our membership and be a big part of that, a voice in what goes on, um, that, that's, that's just, it's a real powerful thing. But then you realize, you know what, Georgia, New York, Missouri, they're trying to do the same thing over in those states that we're trying to do for uh, kids in our state. But also, I, I, I'm really proud to go to those meetings and share what we're doing, because I hear some states that have challenges that they just can't overcome. And we're doing some things with WIPCA that other states, I, I'll say, for example, our, our all-state games. Our all-state games are thriving. They're awesome. It's a great experience for the kids, for the parents, for the coaches to come watch their kids. I think the college coaches enjoy it. And uh, some states, they've lost a lot of interest in their all-state games. So this is an example of, like that shows that WIPCA is doing the right things for our kids. Uh, we, and we're, we're continuing to expand the opportunities we, we have for the kids. And so that's, that, that's just been a great thing. Uh, the biggest challenge we have, and uh, a good friend of mine, Tim Gaby, and I laugh about this all the time. You know Tim well. Oh, yeah. Just trying to fit on one page everything that we're doing. Because <laughs> we have so many things that are going on right now. And that's only a good problem. And uh, we'll continue to grow and grow and grow. And like I said, we just expanded our board with Kellen Drake, uh, CJ Jackson from Franklin, and uh, Connie Richardson, 
uh, who's now the coach at, uh, I think Connie's at uh, Graham Tapowison. And uh, there's a femur, I should know that. But uh, Connie is, uh, we've added those three. And so what we've done now is not just for the sake of it, we added three, uh, three coaches that we added some, some young, energetic voices and we've added some diversity. But it wasn't just because they're young and of minority background. They were the three most qualified, best people we could get. And I think that's really important to point out. So we've just become stronger and better as an association because of our addition of, of these three uh, uh, coaches. And uh, they'll do a great job in addition to the, uh, the 10 people we have on right now. With my work at Scorebook Live, and, and you know this well, I've been in contact over the years with a lot of the different state high school basketball coaches association. And I do agree and I commend you for WIBCA being one of the most uh, well-organized and well-run uh, of those associations across the country. You then were able to take your experiences to the national level and you served a year as a president of the National High School Basketball Coaches Association. What was it about that role that allowed you to maybe have some impact, whether it was towards guiding other states um, to, to be more organized and run more efficiently? Or was it more of something where it was a collective thing for the good of the game where you guys could kind of get on the same page with a number of different ideas? Both. Uh, that's really well put in how you described it. We've been able to share what we've done with WIPCA. And, um, you know, I've been involved, like I said, since 2000. There's a lot of great things that were done from 78 to 2000. Whether we've done it better or not, that's not even up for discussion. But we've been able to share a lot of things we've done. And as we've expanded and started with some initiatives from the ground up, we've been able to share those with other states. But also, we've been able to steal ideas of, uh, of things that have been working for other states really well because of the trust and confidence you have in some of those other state leaders and their boards. And so it's just been, a, it's been a, a collaborative process between our state and all the other states that we work with about what works well for you, the idea sharing. You sit in those rooms. We, we just did a national call not too long ago and we had the call for uh, well over an hour. And the only complaint we heard from our members was the breakout room time wasn't long enough because we did breakout rooms regionally. So you had you know, seven uh, state leaders from the Southwest getting together and talking about what they're doing. And they said, you know, you guys got to give us more time because we have so many ideas and thoughts and we're sharing. And, and that's when it's just like, you know, you've heard this before that some of the best ideas are the ones you steal from others. And that's what you can do. And that's what we've done. Also, we've stolen some great ideas, maybe put our spin on it, but also shared our ideas. Gary Wusterbarth. Um, who's our Coaches versus Cancer director. He's been able to share what he's done with Coaches versus Cancer or WIPCA versus Cancer in the state of Washington. He also shared, because Gary's been so involved for so long with WIPCA, he put together a startup kit for other states that are just getting going. And then these young state leaders or young associations, they know they can reach out to other states to get ideas. And now we've got Montana on board, we've got Wyoming on board, we've got Idaho on board, we've got Alaska on board, Oregon's always been a great association. What we're doing in the Pacific Northwest is outstanding. And what we've done is we brought, brought respect, you know, we brought, we have a lot of respect here nationally because of your alma mater, because of other Division One programs. People know we can hoop here. We've had so many kids, numerous kids, high volume, go to the NBA, but also, 
backing that up with what we do as an association, but in this area also, a lot of people don't get out here. We're so stuck in the, the Pacific Northwest, but two years ago, we were able to bring the national meeting out to Seattle, and we did it down at the Washington Athletic Club, and we brought in, I think it was about 45 state leaders from all over the United States. Some states had multiple leaders and, uh, and, and put on a conference here, and they, they actually got to see, again, what we do and how we do it. The only complaint is uh, some of the leaders said Seattle's a little bit too hilly for them. They didn't like walking that much, but, but other than that, they, they had a great time. And, uh, and so it was a great feather in our cap that we did that. And Dan, we did that on the heels of, and I talked to you at the event, our division one event that we put on where we had seven states and uh, you know, some of their top kids. And we had 128 kids participating in front of division one, division two, II, division three, and community college coaches here. And that was, that was a slam dunk, so to speak. We were supposed to do that again this year. Obviously, we couldn't. We're, we've already got plans in place to make sure we get that done in 2021. So, again, bigger and better for the kids. Well, Naylan, I appreciate your time. I'm sure you've got other things you've got on your plate as a coach and a teacher right now. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again in the gym at some point. Hopefully, uh, that Webka D1 showcase event will be going on next summer. And, and if that's the case, I will absolutely be there watching, evaluating, and enjoying being in a, in a gym again. So thanks again, Naylan, for joining. Thank, hey, thanks, Dan. And I want to thank you and Scorebook Live for everything you guys do. It's been great and easy to endorse you guys. Uh, as uh, we saw, you know, print media go down, you guys have continued to do a great job. And uh, uh, I got to thank you because I get some good scouting information from Scorebook Live each year when I'm coaching. So thanks for a few wins last year. Absolutely. Thanks All again right. and take care. All right. Good talking to you. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.